Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 18 Overtime Pay Calculation. This is your source for employer intelligence delivered straight to your brain through audio waves in seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday, except for last week that was nine minutes, sorry about that. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay and I am your small business ally and employer brainiac and here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. The FLSA requires you to pay overtime wages at the rate of one and one half times the regular rate of pay to non-exempt employees who work more than 40 hours in a week. In order to calculate the overtime due, you have to know three things. How many hours were worked, what the work week is, and the regular rate of pay. Let's rock this. In episode 17, we talked about exempt versus non-exempt employees as determined by the FLSA. And that episode was packed full of information. But one of the things I forgot to tell you is that the Department of Labor issued a notice of proposed rulemaking in July 2015. What they want to do is increase the qualifying minimum wage that's required for exempt status for executive, administrative, professional, and outside salespeople, otherwise known as the white-collar exemption. They want to increase that minimum weekly wage from $455 per week to $970 per week. And for that highly compensated employee exemption, they want to increase the annual wage from $100,000 to $122,148. Now, they also want these amounts to automatically update each year. The DOL calls these rules overtime protections because their goal is to force as many employers to pay overtime as possible. I guess people need to be protected from letting themselves be taken advantage of. Are we not capable of negotiating our own employment terms? I mean, would people be physically forced by their employer to work if the government didn't step in? The nanny state, what would we do without you? All right, let's dive in. The first step is to determine the hours worked. We'll have to learn the details surrounding this in another episode because there's too much important information to be able to pack into this one. So we're going to skip step number one and start with step number two, which is the work week. This is a fixed and regular recurring period of 168 hours, or seven consecutive 24-hour periods. And it can begin on any day and at any hour of the day. But you have to define the work week ahead of time, and you have to track the hours worked within it. But you don't have to pay everyone on the same schedule or use the same work week. You can pay weekly or bi-weekly, which is every two weeks, or semi-monthly, which is two times a month. Now, I want to point out the obvious and say that the weekly pay period is 52 weeks, bi-weekly pay period is 26 weeks, and the semi-monthly is 24 weeks. Regardless, overtime is calculated on a workweek basis. So for a semi-monthly pay period, it, it takes a little extra work to calculate the overtime because you have to look at the hours worked across the full workweek, which will inevitably include days that aren't included in that pay period. So my recommendation is never pay non-exempt employees on a semi-monthly basis. It's just too confusing, especially for the employee. You can't average hours over two or more weeks 
in order to avoid paying overtime, and overtime pay earned in a particular work week must be paid on the regular payday for the pay period that includes those wages. Next is the regular rate. Now, if you pay an employee hourly, then the regular rate is pretty simple. It's the hourly rate. But if you pay them piece rate, commissions, salary, or on some other basis, then you have to calculate the average hourly rate by taking into consideration all earnings. And this includes things like board, such as room and board, lodging, housing, and mills. However, the regular rate does not include payments that are defined as statutory exclusions. These are things like gifts, uh, travel expenses, service recognition payments, and so on. And you can get a full list in the show notes. So one of the things you've learned by now, if you're a regular listener, is that there are exceptions to every rule. There's long lists of qualifying definitions and loads of disclaimers. The bureaucrats love to make things overly complicated. I guess it's job security Or maybe they love being social engineers and lording over society. At least that's my opinion. All right, back to regular rate of pay. Coming up with the regular rate of pay is easy if you pay an hourly rate. But like I said, once you start getting into salaries, production bonuses, shift differentials, and varying rates based on the type of work being performed, then it gets a little complicated. For example, the reasonable cost for the fair value of lodging you furnish must be added to the employee's earnings before determining the regular rate. No matter how you pay a non-exempt employee, you still have to track their hours worked. The regular rate is the average hourly rate, which you calculate by dividing the total pay in the work week by the total number of hours actually worked. It's pretty straightforward in most scenarios, but like I said, it gets complicated for salaried non-exempt employees. To calculate the overtime for salaried non-exempt employees, you have to know if the salary that you're paying is for all hours worked or for an agreed-upon number of hours per work week. So did you hire the employee to work 50 hours for $1,000? If so, that's a fixed number of hours. Or did you hire the employee to work an undefined number of hours for the same $1,000 a week? That's called all hours worked. So using these two examples, let's calculate the overtime using a 47-hour work week. So for the fixed number of hours, the overtime in this scenario would be $70. And for the all hours, the overtime would be $74.48. You get two different numbers based on what the agreement is with the employee. Now, in this scenario, it doesn't matter much, but it all adds up over time. Now, a lot of employers think that you can avoid overtime by having a policy that says overtime will not be paid unless it's approved in advance. But you can't do that. That policy doesn't hold water. Well, there you have it. Let's do a recap. You owe your non-exempt employees overtime pay at the rate of 1.5 times their regular rate of pay for hours worked in excess of 40 per work week. Some states have more stringent requirements like California, of course, where overtime is due for hours over eight in a day. To calculate overtime, you need to know the hours worked. Again, something we'll get into in another episode. You need to define the work week, and you need to calculate the regular rate of pay. You need to do that each week. If you have any questions, just ask. I'm here to help. And if you have a moment to spare, I would really appreciate an iTunes rating and review. This helps me get the message out 
to as many small employers as possible. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.